This is Macaw Podcast Universe, hosted by Jordan Macaw. And Micah Macaw. Married. Yep. Um, I Lovers of movies. Lovers of movies. And each other. And each other. <laughs> and this is our four-year anniversary this month that this is coming out. Whoa. Down, some would say spooky. Whoa. So we we uh we've been married for as long as a president's first term. Yep, but this is a no term limits kind of deal. <laughs> but you didn't come here to hear about that, did you? You came here to have us prove you wrong when you say sequels are never better than the originals. Yes, that is what happened. And um we're doing a very different series in a way. Uh, this is a, a little bit of an emergent, not emergency, but, but a late edition series. Yeah. So, so we have usually we're ahead of the ball game. Um, but we've been like really ahead of the ball game. We, we have a calendar that goes all the way to April at this point. And I did make some adjustments today just for fun. Some that, that put us over a year in a calendar as a possibility, but we can always change that stuff. But having said all that, we had this this three movie trilogy planned after The Godfather, and mm-hmm. it's called um, the Three Colors trilogy, and they're French films. Mm-hmm. And we were gonna do that, and I think even in a previous episode, we said like, people, if you have any ideas, let us know, and maybe we'll like award you with something. I don't, I don't. We hadn't figured that out, but if you guessed it, you were right, but you're also wrong because we canned it. Still want to cover it at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, but we we saw that there were these movies that were coming out on Netflix, each a week apart, and it was a trilogy of horror movies. And it was like, that is so interesting. And for a podcast that covers franchises, this is like, I've never seen this kind of franchise before. It's the first of its kind. Yeah, and it is... Because it is, thanks to streaming. yeah. Because in any uh, normal circumstance, I mean, even if it was like rushed, it'd still probably be, you know, six months apart minimum. Yeah. Pro- and it probably longer than that, even if they filmed them back to back, you know? Yeah. So we have this weird series, the Fear Street series. And and today we're covering Fear Street Part 1, 1994, which I just thought it was such a, if if alone just for the idea of a movie coming out every week and it's their uh, different decades and they're all connected somehow. I was just like, that's cool. Already. I kind of like it. I hope you have the details on why this is. I, to an extent I do. Yeah. Yes. Um, is it like a streaming thing where it's like actually not that exciting? <laughs> well, what do you mean by why? Like, this is? Why would you choose to do it one week apart? Like, why would you choose to come out with a trilogy one week apart? Oh, okay. Between yeah. each movie. I have a little bit on that, which will be. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess I could get into it now. What do you well, think? How about you get into it now? So, um, January 12th of 2021, um, Netflix makes an announcement and there's a, a YouTube, like on their YouTube, and there's a video going around and it is them saying, hey, every single week of 2021, we are going to put out a movie. Okay. Every single week. And, you know, you're seeing clips from, like, Zack Snyder, the Adam McKay movie that still has no release date yet but has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Mm-hmm. There's a little clip of that. Um, I'm sure there were clips from these movies. And it was like, 
Netflix is going to help you in the pandemic. That's how it felt when I did the trailer where I was like, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a gift, even though it probably has more to do with they just know that they'll keep their numbers up, you know? Yeah. But it, it did feel like, you know, January, there's still, we're almost to where first responders can get the vaccine. So it feels like we still are just going to be stuck at home for a year. Do you think that in that trailer that some, they, they showcase some movies and some directors were like, are you kidding me? Uh, in I got to finish this movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like this year. <laughs> yeah. that Because if you're saying the Adam McKay movie has no release date. I know. I looked at it today. September, yeah. Yikes. Well, but we're not in September. Our listeners are I in know, September. But so I, that's why I say September. Yeah. I, I, it'll hopefully be... that'll change in the months to come. But having said that, maybe they're just waiting because they expect it to be an awards movie. So it'd probably come out in like November, oh, December sure. anyway. You're right. So, um, so they make this announcement and, um, you know, they've had a bunch of movies come out one every week. I think I've only seen like half of one. I haven't really watched what? any of these oh, movies. Oh, Army of the Dead. Yeah. And we didn't really like it. So we didn't finish it. Um, so sorry guys sometimes we don't finish movies and sometimes we have good intentions to finish them uh -huh. but this was a situation where we paused it because we needed a break and micah said it's pretty funny how we're not going to finish this movie i just knew when we paused it and we haven't it was and just so boring unfortunately um, it's like if you're if you're gonna make a zombie movie how you gotta not, get to it and how about not make it two hours and 30 minutes yeah no you need to I mean, I've said this before on the podcast, and it is not the approach for every movie. We just covered The Godfather, so if you think we're being hypocritical, we're not. Those are slow movies, in a good way. But if you're going to make a movie about zombies, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Just get to the zombies. Yeah. And I know that there's an opening montage of zombies, which I was like, cool. But then there was like 40 minutes of no, no zombies. But, wait, but when the crazy. concept is so, it's such a high concept for zombies alone that they're like apparently like an alien or something. D don't, yeah. don't spend so much time trying to make each person on this heist team so unique and different. Yeah. But Does we didn't finish sense? it. So, but, and there's a sequel coming out this year. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I thought that was interesting this came out, and I was also seeing that, like, critically, people were really liking it. And, like, um, at least the first movie is in the green on Metascore. So I'm going, this seems really interesting. And we're getting close to October, and we have a Halloween series. Like, not a ha not the Halloween series, but we have, like, a horror series planned. Mm -hmm. So let's just do horror back-to-back. -back. For me. For you. And for me. Because I'm, I'm getting more into it. So, um... Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the movie being made. How does that sound? Yeah. Um, it's based on the R.L. Stein books, and he's your Goosebumps uh, writer. Your Garbage Pail Kids. Your uh, Mostly Ghostly. Your... I forget the name of the other one. Well, and this is this is one of his more popular series as well. Yeah. This is... Um, these are young adult books, and there's well over 100 Fear Street books. That he wrote all of them? I think so, but I'm not positive. What? Um, there's a lot, though. Yeah. So um, the first one was published in 1989, and then Lee Yaniak um, makes 
the movie Honeymoon, which she directed, and she's one of the writers of, and she directs some episodes of Scream and Outcast, and then she makes this movie. Cool. These three movies, which they shoot them all back Is to Outcast back to back. that Aaron Paul show? I do not know oh, what it is. That no, okay. that's not Outcast. That is something, that's out something. Yeah. Um, but on October 9th, 2015, they announced that they were going to make uh, Fear Street movies, a series, and it was being developed by 20th Century Fox. And then on February 13th, 2017, Kyle Killen was hired as the screenwriter. And then in July, the project was announced as a trilogy. And then Lee gets on, who had you know directed Honeymoon, her first movie. And then she rewrote it with her partner, Phil Graziadi. And then they stated that the trilogy would be shot back to back with the films released one month apart. So that oh, was a month, not a week. We yeah, that was like, week. no, that was the original plan. Oh, okay. Uh, and then it was scheduled to be released in June of 2020, hmm. but remember COVID-19? Yeah. Um, and so then- it, But even originally it was meant to come out that soon after each, each one, even before the pandemic. Oh yeah, so I guess that proves That's my point wrong. So it would have been- Pretty interesting. It would have been June, July, August. I wonder if it has anything to do with like the the series is so prolific quantity wise. If they were like, we're just gonna churn these movie, movies yeah. out like he did the books. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of caught that. I glossed over that. Um, so yeah, it was gonna come out last year, um, month to month to month, and then in April 2020, uh, they there was a deal made, a multi year deal with the studios, and a deal with Netflix. So Netflix now has distribution rights. So here's another question I have that I know you don't know the answer to. Just a curiosity question. Uh -huh. So this was originally Fox. You said, Is that oh. what you said. So they were going to release this in potentially theaters one month apart. Yeah, that is wild, and I wish that had happened. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, because um, like if that wasn't a thing and it was just Netflix like the whole time, it's like okay. Netflix is they're they're the streaming giant. They're trying this new thing. Fine, Pot this might potentially further kill theaters. But if it was originally could have come out in theaters, yeah, that's interesting. I know. I well, and and them doing it in the summer months, back yeah. to back to back, it feels like they were gonna try to kind of do their own thing and create like a little like teenage summer moment for these. I movies, love that. You know. Um, which that would have been really interesting I to see what would have happened with been that. Been there for each one. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, so it's it was also a studio called Chernin Entertainment. Uh -huh. And so they they ended their distribution deal with 20th Century Fox, and they made a deal with Netflix. So then Netflix got the rights cool. to distribute this movie. Got it. And then, of course, they, they changed the month thing. They did week to week to week, which part of it, it's, it's such a funny thing. I think it's really cool for this series, but the, the week to week to week thing on Netflix, it is cool for this year, but it's like a little overwhelming and it yeah. makes me feel like movies aren't that important. I agree, but I will say, and yeah. I've only seen one of them right now, uh -huh. but if they're this like, I don't know, fun and like it doesn't take a lot of investment to get into it. Yeah. It's like quick quick consume quick consuming. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I don't I mean I don't know if I want this to like to become a thing. 
where yeah. there's just a, a, a six part series comes out in one month. Uh, like that's just TV. It becomes TV. <laughs> right. So, right. But, but like a, a special event. That's kind of cool. Yeah, totally agree with you. And I do want to say like, because of the pandemic, I think it is cool that they did that a movie a, yeah. a, a week, you know, I yeah. do think that's cool. Um, and I'm sure there's some people out there that are crazier than we are with movies who are like, it's Friday. There's a new Netflix movie. Yeah. We're watching it, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that all happens. Um, the screenplay is by Phil Grazi. Um, you already said this. Graziade and uh, you already her. said this. And then the story is by them and Kyle Killen. Yeah, you said that. I, I did, but I didn't. Okay. I said they were, anyway. Uh, the music is by Marco Beltrame, who did Quiet Place 2, the upcoming Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Underwater, Ford v. Ferrari. Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> uh, Marcus Trump, two Ps, not one P. <laughs> um, that sucks. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> um, and so Marco and Marcus sort of work together, but on a lot of the projects... Marcus is, uh, he doesn't have a composer credit. He has a music department credit. So I don't know why that is. Hmm. And what's further weird is on Wikipedia and the movie, Anna Drubik was not credited on any of those, but on IMDb, she's credited as a composer. Oh, okay. That's For a, all three of the that's movies. That's messy. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. Uh, and then cinematography is by Caleb Heyman. And he is doing most, if not all, of the upcoming season of Stranger Things cinematography. Cool. So, um, and of course, this movie comes out July 2nd, 2021. And I will say it one more time. These were shot back to back to back, which is like the most interesting thing about it. What do you mean? Like, it's like instead of them being shot at all at the same time? Oh, I mean, they just like... This is like Lord of the Rings style where uh -huh. they're just shooting all these movies. I mean, back to back makes me think that maybe they like shot one then immediately shot the next one. Uh -huh. But there was probably crossover and stuff. Oh, yeah. Especially if like Gillian Jacobs is in this movie and I'm she's in the next movie. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I love it too because it's just so, I mean, it's great that they're a source material for uh -huh. the series one. But, and not only that, it's a, it's a series that's proven because there's apparently like a hundred books. <laughs> well over 100. well over a hundred books so it, it's cool that they were just like we're not making one we're making three yeah come on guys it's fear street and and i do want to speak to like like i looked up and i was looking up some articles uh, about the books and the movies and this is very much like they just adapted the idea Okay. Of Fear Street and like kind of loosely took from several books for like each movie. I'm assuming. So it's not like we did this book. Uh huh. I'm assuming that the books are not all one story. No, I think that each book I think is they're a different story. Kind of their own thing. Cool. Admittedly, have never read anything by R.L. Stein. Me neither. And we were talking about it last night, how neither of us have. And how my experience, when people have found that out, they're very surprised because I like horror very much. Uh -huh. But as a kid, th those things, I didn't even like, I wasn't even aware of them, that right. they existed. Right. Like the movie that came out a couple years ago, produced by Guillermo del Toro, Stories to Tell in the Dark. 
Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Scary yeah. Stories to Tell in the Dark. See, I can't even remember the title, but someone asked me like, oh, have you? are you going to see that movie? Have you seen the trailer? And it's like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And they're like, oh, I loved the books. And it's like, oh, those are books? Yeah. People are just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> just didn't even know that they existed. That's probably going to a Christian school as a kid, like a private yeah, school. Yeah. So just a total blind spot for me. Yeah. And I just remember Garbage Pail Kids looked so gross to me as a kid. <laughs> I need to look that up because I, I only know from what you're telling me about Garbage Pail Kids. I don't really know. I just, I mean, if you, you just look, Google it and look at the covers. Yeah. And that's like gross out humor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and at, at my job, I've been presenting some ti- some Garbage Pail Kid titles. And they're just, the s- descriptions are so funny. Really? And gross. Uh-huh. About like barfing and like bodily fluids and stuff. <laughs> it's just, it's great. And then like on the cover, children are like vomiting. <laughs> and have snot and yeah. stuff um okay so actors we have kiana madeira who plays dina um she's in fear street 1978 dark matter the flash uh tv show um she never died trinkets coroner giant little ones she's in a lot for being pretty young well she's actually younger than older than us and then Olivia she is? by two, and by two years. Wow. Olivia Scott Welch plays Samantha Fraser. Uh, she is also in Unbelievable, Modern Family. Uh, who is she in Modern Family? Olive. I don't know if I remember. And then some some other TV shows like Agent Carter. Ah, so she's in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And then Benjamin Flores Jr. is Josh, uh, Dina's brother. He is in Rim of the World, Happy Feet 2, Ride Along, The Haunted. He was delightful in Hathaways. this movie. I liked him a lot. He was great. He fulfilled that nerd role yeah. super well. And then um, Julia Raywald plays Kate... Uh, she is in Where's Darren? Um, and really, that's about it, besides these movies. Uh-huh. Okay, so Fred Heitinger plays Simon. He's in News of the World, The Woman in the Window, 8th grade. Okay, don't remember that. He plays Trevor. Is that the boy that she has a crush on? It might be. Um, that's weird to think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also in the upcoming show, The White Lotus, and these movies. Okay, cool. But, oh, I have to mention this person. Ashley Zuckerman plays the sheriff. Okay. He is in succession. Now, I, I had a, so obviously this movie is very Scream inspired. And um, I just had a funny joke that Jordan didn't really get, because I don't think I presented I took it, it well. I took it too seriously. But um, maybe you as the audience will. So I think before this movie, as they're filming, they're probably like, guys, this is very much kind of Scream inspired. So like, let's kind of um, make everything a little bit of an attribute to that movie. We're all we're going to probably they probably watch those movies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think he may have taken that assignment too seriously <laughs> because he's kind of just as bad as david arquette is in scream and in david arquette is the sheriff in scream and i know this guy can act but he's not doing a good job of this david movie. Arquette is not the sheriff he isn't no he's he's a police officer who is like i i think oh, he kind of gets crapped on okay okay he's not the, but he is but, a cop 
He is a cop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I and think, I uh, think you're right. Ashley watched it and was like, "Oh, so you want me to be bad in this movie?" And they were like, <laughs> "When he showed up, Mike and I were like, that's not B.J. Novak, right?" <laughs> yeah, I know. They look a lot alike. Um, he's in Succession, and that's I'm not. All we I'm not further talking about his career because if you haven't seen Succession, go watch it. Yeah. That's punishment, I guess. <laughs> And then um, Maya Hawk is in this movie playing the Drew Barrymore role of Scream. Yeah. If you have seen Scream, you know the first little chunk of that movie is Drew Barrymore. And she dies famously. So, spoiler alert, Maya Hawk dies in the first scene. Um, yeah. But it was, like, really fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that and, sounds and, so weird. Well, and but it's, it is, like, it is directly... In homage, like Absolutely. in every way, to like the slow motion stab in the back, yep. the phone ringing, and it's like this. I mean, Maya Hawk is not to the caliber that Drew Barrymore was was when she was in Scream, but yeah, Maya yeah, Hawk yeah. is like on the rise. I think it actually it makes a lot of sense. Oh, oh yeah, but I'm just saying I it, know it is kind of yeah. like you like I see her at the beginning, and I'm like, oh, okay, she's the main character. That's what I thought, and then but to kill her right away. That in 1996. If Drew Barrymore was, oh yeah, and yeah. I think that's how they presented Scream, like the yeah. trailers and stuff. Yeah. So, um, I I think it is it is pretty much a direct. I, I mean, I don't. No one's arguing that it's not a direct Scream thing. It is. Yeah. E e I, yeah. I know it is, and that's cool. I'm not arguing with you. I love Scream. Okay. <laughs> um, I I think feel like we've covered Maya Hawk. Really? I don't know. Maybe we haven't. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like we have because I feel like I've... Oh, no. I think we talked about Ethan Hawke. Yeah. We talked about her. And she's Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Mind blown. Yes. Um, And that's it. So I before we get into the plot, I, I want to do a tiny bit of housekeeping as far as our podcast is concerned in regards to this movie. So we have a rule that we cover theatrical releases. Oh. That's one of our I things. I completely forgot. Yeah, because we didn't want to do, like, say we do Lion King, and then we have to cover, like, however many direct-to-video uh -huh. Disney sequels there are. But we are in a new frontier where streaming doesn't necessarily mean lesser quality. I still think in a lot of cases it does. Yeah. But um, sometimes it doesn't. And I think since this was planned theatrical... And these are definitely real movies, and I think, I think, yeah, well, no, I get, uh, forget what I was going to say, which I didn't say, so it doesn't matter, but um, I, I think we may have to be a little malleable with that rule that we have. Mm -hmm. It might just be one of those things where maybe we cover a series like Shrek, which we've covered, and maybe they say, hey, we're going to make, you know, eight Puss in Boots, Boots movies on uh, Puss in Boots. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make eight Puss in Boots movies on HBO Max. We might just say, no, thank you. We're not going to do that. Yeah. I would consider that direct to video. Yeah. Um, but I felt like this was an exception. Plus these watching that movie, I was like, this is a real movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of the excuse we use to not cover the Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah. And so... I know we're getting a little muddy waters, but we're also at a point in movie history where like things are changing. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that for anyone who's as OCD about the way this podcast is organized as I am, which probably is no one else because that's the thing I obsess about and 
it brings me so much joy scheduling and figuring out how yeah. we're going to do this. Um, so that's what I wanted to say up front. Okay. I completely forgot about that. I think I was so much like, oh, yeah, let's do horror. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. Well, you know I take care of that stuff. You know. You yeah, know. you're the... You're the... I'm the organized... Organized guy. I, organizer. I'm the producer of the podcast. You just tell me when to show up. <laughs> I tell you what we're watching tonight. Um, so then I wanted to bring up another co- topic of conversation to set the table. And that... Well, it's kind of two conversations. And that is... The coveted R rating. Now, do you want to jump off on anything before I jump in? What do you mean? What would I have to say? Because I don't even know what you're going to say. Okay. Well, it's just interesting. I saw a quote from Lee, the director, where she said, like, right when she signed on, she was like, this is going to be R. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't want to direct it if it's not R. And I think, now, you know us. Uh, Currently on our Patreon, we are covering the Kill Bill movie. So, you know... We have no problems with an R rating. I think this is just an interesting topic of conversation. Uh, so she's like, it's got to be R. But they're based on young adult books, and that confuses me a little bit. It's like the same reason, like, you wouldn't make Lord of the Rings rated R. You know what I mean? Did she say why? I think she just wanted it to be really gory. Okay. And, and... Um, on the one hand, it's like cool and adaption. They're kind of doing their own thing, which I like. Did she say that on the onset before this was a Netflix thing? She, well, because they would have lost so much money in theaters if this was R. Oh, well, they had filmed the movies before they released them in theaters. So they were going to be R. I just think that's not the right choice. Yeah. Well, it's weird because this will sound like we're being squares, but I do think this movie. I'm, I'm looking at this as a business person. Yes. But go ahead first. I, I do think that this movie suffers a little bit for how graph for how graphic it is. And that's that's not to say that I don't I, I'm not trying to be a square. I just think if this movie had a little bit more restraint in regards to like the language and the the um violence, it might have just been a little bit more enjoyable for like the story that they were presenting. Possibly. Yeah. What do you think of that? Personally, I think it's just, it's interesting. It, it really depends on the movie. So like looking at this on a business angle, let's say this was to come out in theaters and it came out as an R, Yeah. which there have been horror movies with teenagers that are R rated. There are so many. Yeah. But I, I think like a studio would really push for PG 13 because you want teenagers to see this. Yeah. And that still stands. If you're not 17, you can't see rated R unless you're accompanied by an adult. Yeah. And I know that like that who really holds to that though. Right. But but it is like I think that they would make less money. I if think this so was too. rated R in theaters. Having said that though, to be our own devil's advocate, you look at the It movies, which were both hard Rs. And yeah. those movies like just destroyed the box office. Yeah. And like and I think I don't think this would have destroyed the box office. No, I don't think so either. But I think if it was PG thirteen, it may be ha- would have had a chance to. Yeah. Um, but maybe it, maybe that's a little lack of understanding. It's so hard for to me. say though because there's how many horror movies are cult classics that people didn't see until after right, theaters. Right, right. So I mean, if it did come out, you know, and you know, the director's probably even thinking like, I don't care, cares less about the money than the producers do and the studio does. 
Like the director has the creative vision and the creative vision includes an R rating. Yeah. So fine. That's fine. It's just, it's, it's interesting, I guess, because this movie, because I will compare it to Scream. Yeah. Scream feels like R material and it makes sense to me that those are R movies, but this kind of felt like they're, and maybe it's just because of my association with Netflix. So maybe this is a me problem. Yeah. I, I'm so curious if anyone else has thoughts about this. And I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. This is just my own opinion on it. Um, but it feels like this is more of a like, hey, you like Stranger Things. You're going to like Fear Street. Yeah, I think so And this too. is based on young adult novels. You may have read them when you were a teen. Like, check this out. But then it also, it doesn't feel like it actually fits into that mold. Yeah. And. I don't know. Maybe that's actually cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I have know. to think about it from my perspective as a teenager, though. I, I specifically sought out gory movies when I was a teenager. Yeah. So I'm different now. I mean, I not that I won't watch something because it's gory now. Yeah. But I, to say all that I'm saying, if I was a teenager and this movie came out, I would still watch this movie. <laughs> right. It just... The movie was like slightly jarring to me because yeah. of that. And and that part of that was just my expectation. Like I just expected it to be a little bit less graphic. I think I'm more but, interested in the power of suggestion uh, before gore. Uh-huh. Like like if someone is about to get hurt or killed in this kind of horrific way and the camera cuts away, sometimes I think that's scarier. Yeah than seeing it and then i think for this movie i'm thinking in more towards the end of the movie one particularly goring moment yeah it just like didn't have much of an impact to me Uh especially because literally two minutes later everything was fine yeah so it's like it, it just felt weird that they held on to a couple characters for so long in the movie and none of them died and then finally two of them died like right at the end yeah. And I, I I do, like, more than anything for horror, it's like, well, that per- we're done with that character. They're dying now. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. But, like, this person died really horrifically. And then literally two minutes later, if she had stayed alive two minutes longer, she would have been alive. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just think it's just kind of, like, not great. Yeah. Writing, but maybe? I are, don't know. We are discussing movies that are having fun with the slasher genre that's that, true that's my that's that, true but i feel like there was a long time in between people getting slashed and people getting yeah. slashed much later in the movie there wasn't much in between yeah because i know a lot of it was figuring it out which is my favorite part of a movie like that but does that make sense i i think so i'm wondering if our audience is making any sense of what we're saying but yeah. having said that I liked this movie a lot. Like it, it was, was fun. It was so fun. Yeah. Like I think if you are into graphic horror, like you will have fun with this movie. Yeah. It I, is like pop the popcorn Friday night. Let's watch it. Which is what we did, but on a Sunday. But we still had that corn. We did. <laughs> I. Yeah. It was very fun. And and like the, it, it wasn't taking itself too seriously, but it, there was like a really fun, interesting story that mystery that they had to solve. They just kind of ticked all those boxes for me. Yeah, and um, I will say though, but but going back to the R thing again before we get in, um, it is just funny because there are directors who have certain visions like that, whatever. But but I do think in our when, when writing something or creating something, 
I just don't be don't restrain yourself to thinking that if it's R that makes it legitimate because yes. there are plenty of things that are G that are legitimate. Now we're talking about horror. I know that's a different ball game, but you know I I, I think about we like, just I mean go back and listen to our Insidious series, which were all PG thirteen horror movies that yeah. are really scary movies. Definitely scarier than this, I think. Absolutely, easily scarier. Um, and better movies. Yeah, I like them more. So, except yeah. the fourth one. The fourth one's bad, but, but I still kind of liked it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I the, so yeah, and I don't even know if that's what this dire- like director fell or or what the movie was going for that would make it legitimate. Yeah, but I know you're talking about audience members often think that a movie can't be good unless it's R. Well, it's or, like or a genre of something. It's easiest to talk about superhero movies, but I won't yeah. go too far. But you know, it's like the Robert Pattinson trailer for Batman comes out and the internet says, ooh, this better be R. Yeah. And it's like, why? Who cares if it's R? Like, I, I don't care if it's PG. It, if, if it's a good story, then it's a good story. Yep. And it'll tell that story. Yeah. Um, so R doesn't make it legitimate. Yeah. But these are really fun movies. Or this is a fun movie. I haven't seen the next two. Um, bet they're fun. I bet so. I bet the next one... Will have really fun. A lot of sex in it because yeah, because nineteen seventy eight Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth came out in the uh, that Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and those movies are like riddled with sex. So well, it's like consequences of premarital sex. Right, right, right. And explain that if someone well, isn't familiar with <laughs> this that. This is trope. also lame. I haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street, and I need to watch it just for like education's sake of liking <laughs> horror movies, but um. I do know. I mean, the trope begins in the movie Halloween. That's like cited as, which we've watched. Let's talk about Halloween then. Yeah. But I just have heard this other thing about Nightmare on Elm Street. But 70s, Friday the 13th too, because we've seen some of it. And it was like teenagers having sex at this summer camp. And then they immediately got murdered afterwards. Yeah. Or like in Halloween, yeah, there are teenagers having sex and then they get murdered. Yeah. So it's it's like And the people who don't have sex survive. Yes. That is like a weird trope in that decade of film. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or probably yeah, around that time of film. Uh-huh. I don't know how what else is there to say about it, <laughs> but that which is just like pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, horror I bet there are some books on it. Horror has some really insane tropes. And that's what like the Scream movies are all about is talking about those tropes. Yeah. And um, I don't know what those tropes are of the past twenty years in horror, but I would. I was thinking about it. I would hope. Yeah. Real quick, hold yeah. on to that. I would hope that maybe this new Scream movie that's coming out in January, I would hope that it would comment on the last twenty years of horror since they released Scream Four. Well, I was just thinking in terms of more genre specific because yeah. So you know, this movie's the nineties. And it's playing off Scream, yeah, stuff. Which Scream is slasher. Oh yeah, but it it's is very it violent. is like a play on the '70s stuff, which is fun. Oh yeah, it's like self-referential yeah. of the genre. We're a play on a play here. Yeah, and then like '70s, '80s, also slasher, but like I would say there's more demonic stuff going on. Yeah, as well. So maybe like, like exorcism and yeah, but stuff like that. Yeah, and then so like. Then, yeah, 90s, you do have more like it is just a person doing it. Yeah. Which is Scream. And then I think currently we are obsessed with exorcisms. Yeah. Because we have a lot of exorcism movies right now or or in the last several years. 
And I think a bit like like can you say some examples? Well, like the I'm... Conjuring. Oh, okay, okay. And I think because the Conjuring was so successful, we have so many not just Conjuring movies, uh-huh. but like other movies, like The Last Exorcism of insert name. Yeah, because they that's like there's how many movies have titles of that? Right. But I also think there is also a lot more folklore horror as well. Yeah, and the in the recent years, which is like please do so many more movies like that. Yeah please because those are so interesting where it's like an actual monster or uh-huh. something so you have like baba duke which i know is made up yeah it's not like based on something which is also like what that's cool but then uh we recently watched the wailing which is a korean horror movie and yeah. it has a ton of korean folklore in it very cool movie yeah would recommend and yeah, so I, I feel like folklore and exorcisms, not necessarily together, but maybe also together, are becoming kind of a thing now. Okay. Of course, you can't talk about current horror and not talk about torture porn, though, too, like Saw. Although I feel like that's kind of out the door at this point. I think point. it is. Especially since Jigsaw didn't do well. And that's why I think that like paranormal I mean, stuff. Wait, what? What is it called? Oh, Jigsaw? Spiral. Spiral. Spiral from but the I, book of Saw. I think. I think the paranormal stuff is is more prevalent than the saw stuff. I think that stuff's more beginning of two thousands because I think ever since paranormal activity came out, was a smashing success. We have been all about possessions, which I'm, I'm remembering now that scream four came out in the early teens because they kind of comment on the found footage. Cause remember the, Oh, found footage. The Colkin. Yeah. Has like the camera that he carries around. I can't wait to talk about Colkins whenever we cover that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink. Whenever we cover that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what would be cool is if Scream 2022 comes out and they, if if they play on this folklore thing, is if now it's like, well, the Scream killing is like a part of the folklore of the town or something like that. Mm. And people, you know, maybe, maybe the new person is presenting it like it is a, like this fear, like in fear street, how it's, how it's like, well, these murders happen and it's, it wasn't just a person doing it. It was like an evil force. Yeah. That might be a way to comment on current horror. I know. I'm curious how they'll do it. That's what scream does. Yeah. You know, um, can you tell we like Scream? Also, though, we're talking about it so much because of the movie we're talking about today. Fear yeah. Street, 1994. The year that I was born. Um, so, let's talk about the movie. Yes. Let's talk about the movie. So, the movie begins. We see Maya Hawk. She's selling a free a Fear Street book to someone. Yeah. And the person's like... I thought like, it was a hilarious joke where she's talking about how great it is. And the mom's like, this is trash. And I'm buying it for my daughter. Yeah. And then when she walks away, she flips her off. Yeah. You just flipped me off. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so you see Maya Hawk, and I'm like, oh, awesome. I didn't even know she was in this. Yeah. Let's go. Um, and then she talks to this guy who's in the mall with her as she's closing up. And the guy's... He works at like a Spencer's Gifts is what it looks like to yeah, me. Yeah, and he has like a sex doll, and he's gross. Yeah. Right off the bat, I'm like, oh, I hope this guy's not in the movie that much. But they're I don't like, like hanging guy. out after. They're like, she's getting a ride from him. So she's closing up the bookstore um and as she's doing that she there is someone in there well well she gets a phone call no one answers yeah. on the other end and then she there is someone in there with her and she sees that it's a uh, a person in a skeleton mask wearing like a skeleton halloween outfit yep with a knife 
Yeah, and he he tries to stab her, and she's holding a book. Uh-huh. I liked that little dodge. Yeah, and she's running all over the place, and the the whole time, which is good filmmaking. I was like, are they gonna kill her? No, they're not gonna kill her. I thought are I, they gonna, I, I kind like of went back and forth scene, too, but I'm like, no, she has to die. This is True Fear Street, 1994. She has to. But I was thinking like, oh, maybe her maybe like flip it on his head somehow. The other people are gonna die, and yeah. then she's like, I survived and saw this thing, and then she's yeah, yeah that yeah. motivates her. But uh, the whole time I'm going back and forth, and I'm like, is she gonna die? Is she not? Have some great like you know her screaming and getting dragged. You know some what? Of those shots. I will say because you said in terms of like Drew Barrymore. Because it is true, I'm sure when people saw that, they were like, okay, this movie stars Drew Barrymore yeah. till the end. Yep. And it's not true. And I think, especially with a generation below us, they see Maya Hawk and they think the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps not seeing, knowing about Scream. Yeah. Because you said that Maya Hawk, you don't think is as at the height of her career as Drew Barrymore was at the time of Scream. Yeah. And although you may be true, I think the impact's the same. I think, I think the impact's the same for people who have seen her. Yeah. I just like by this time Drew Barrymore is like a household name. Well, she's I don't been, think she's Maya been around Hawk since she was. Is a I mean, name. E.T. But yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, she's been around for a very long time at that but, point. But it's like a, it's the same idea they're trying to convey. Yeah. Um. So there's great. There's a slow motion stab in the back, mm-hmm. and we're off to the races, right? Well, he gets her across the stomach first. Oh, so her, she she yeah. goes into his store, and he's not there. Uh, her friend and so she's trying to figure out what to do she gets cut in the stomach and then she's running away seeing other dead people in the mall yeah so he's he's killed some other people and then um and then you he gets her in the back and then he gets her in the heart and then she takes off his mask and it's her friend yeah and um the police shoot him the police they were David Arquette type shows up <laughs> and and shoots him dead. Yep. And then we have this really cool intro. Yeah, because it tells us so much. Yeah, and it's they showing... They just are like, really figuring out opening credits, man. <laughs> it's showing, you know, which... Like, it's going backward in time. And, and it has showing, all these newspaper clippings. Yeah, and, and it's, some of them are characters we're going to see later in yeah. the movie. Like Ruby Lane. Yeah. Is one it shows like murdered in 1965 and Well, Ruby Lane what murdered people and then p- murdered herself. Yeah. Killed herself. So it's it's just you're seeing this in this the town of Shadyside, Shadyville. Shadyville. Shady something. There's just been a lot of massacres have occurred mm-hmm. and then you have Sunnyvale, which is like the ritzy part. Of yeah. town or or the the board, the neighboring town where all the rich people one live. is Pawnee, the other is um Eagleton. Eagleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, all these new paper clip newspaper clippings through decades and decades and decades of massacres. Yeah. Of people claiming to that person became possessed. People think a witch is possessing people. Now it's just a fun folk folk tale, potentially. Yep. At this point. And and I I always like that in horror movies. Um, like you're saying, it's a very Stephen King. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not Stephen King. It's the nature of folklore. Uh-huh. Um, but it just reminds me of it. You know, like if you've read that book, there's so many where then then the the Mike, uh, the librarian, like tells you what happened in. 1800s with Pennywise and then you're like whoa in the town of Derry yeah Yeah. and so you see all this like rich history and and the the thing that 
th- this movie does really, really well, and and King does amazingly. Is he always makes it like, oh yeah, I feel like I've heard stories like that about Medford, maybe. You know, you know, yeah. like they they always sound like these echoes of like, oh yeah, we talked about that in school, and we thought this person maybe did that weird thing or yep. whatever. It's just such a like small town thing, yeah. but really, it's like any town anywhere yeah. has like. Maybe maybe the memories of the town is evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that. Um, we get introduced to Josh and the main character, who I don't know her name. Dina? Dina. Who's Josh? Uh, that's her brother. Oh, okay. He's the only name I remembered. He, he is on he is the nerd. So this is nineteen ninety four. Computers are becoming popular. And he's like instant messaging yeah, someone. Yeah, he's IMing someone and uh, they're talking. Aren't they talking about this stuff? They're talking about the massacre that just happened. Yeah, at the mall. And then yeah. he, you can tell very because of how what they're talking about. Like he is read up on the the history of these massacres, and he's he's interested in it. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so Dina, you also learn that they, assuming they don't have a mom because they never mentioned a mom. Yeah, and they have a dad who I'm assuming like works night shifts because you never see him, and and also he seems like an absent father. Yeah. So Dina, and we find out he's an alcoholic and stuff. Yeah. From, so so Dina, it, it just it takes care of the house, you know, because she's the older child. Yep. And so she's getting her brother to go to school with her, and they go to, to high school. And he sees um, one of the other main characters, uh, the girl. Yeah. Um. I and got it. and while he does that, um, Sadie B. Like Hawkins. Rachel. Oh, Kate. Kate. He sees Kate and Sadie B. Hawkins' song. I wish I was your lover. Yeah. Plays, and I'm always a fan of that trope where someone sees someone they're interested in and music plays in their head. That's the best. Yeah. Um, I did find out when I was looking stuff up that many of these songs that are in this movie, while they came out in the 90s, did not come out before 94. That's funny. Um, and they but used the term. They're representing a decade. Yeah, yeah, and that may have been intentional. I'm, I'm, I doubt that that would like just slip under their radar yeah you know what i mean um i think for the most part i liked the needle drops but maybe there was like 10 percent too much okay maybe you're more attuned to that than i am yeah well there was just a lot of times i think at the beginning it worked really well but later on in the movie there's just a couple oh, times yeah, there, there it played so it for five seconds like and then, grunge and garage stuff yeah and it, and it plays you know five seconds and then it goes to the next song Got plays it. for five seconds then it goes to the score i couldn't believe we had to wait till the end of the movie to hear a sound garden song <laughs> i am so unfamiliar with sound garden <laughs> i think it was either that or audio slave i'm sure it was sound garden um oh yeah because it's uh chris cornell yeah yeah i recognized his voice, his voice. but I, um, I am so unfamiliar with his work was there a nirvana song no nirvana that i caught Is that a little too late no I, I think know. you could have, but they they were you Maybe know they were doing too, like nine inch nails and stuff. So I I don't I guess and think reflecting on it, I think it was all pretty funny and good. Yeah, yeah. I just um, take I out like saying. four maybe. Yeah. Well, and they and they did speaking of this, and then we don't have to talk about it later. But there's a scene where um, Simon sees this this girl on the street, and she's she's like a de- like a possessed mm-hmm. person. And she's singing this song, and then she attacks him and starts trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And the song she was singing plays, and it's it's that eerie, you know, when you're hearing like an old timey song and something really violent is happening. 
and it played for like five seconds, and then oh. it switched to the score, and I was like, no, no, just just go with it, just stick with the song. Yeah, um, I didn't realize it was the song she was singing until they Me, clarified I that. Didn't know that but um, it, it it was like sometimes those decisions, I'm like, don't like trust us, we'll go with you. You don't have yeah. to like distract us like a puppy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's me really getting into the nitty gritty. <laughs> that's what we're here for. After we watched Suicide Squad, I think my brain has been broken for uh, <laughs> uh, soundtracks where now I'm like, I know. Well, you watched this. that Patrick Willems video too. So now you're yeah. just hyper aware of it. I am. So um, Dina, while well, she's walking to her locker, seeing all these couples in school and you are curious, like what happened to Dina? Who broke Dina's heart? It's yes. high school boo-hoo. So um, she, her friend Kate gets her. They go to the bathroom. And Dina is trying to get her to give this box of stuff back to the person that she recently ended a relationship with. To which Kate refuses to. You learn a little bit about what's going on. There's an upcoming game against the rival school in Sunny Sunnyville. I think. Yeah, the witches versus the... The devils. The devils. Which, which I think is fun. I think it's fun. Great. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, Kate refuses to do it, makes her go to the game. Apparently, so like Dina's in band, so she has to go anyway. I don't know. They're kind of talking about the massacre. Kate, no one really seems to care. Uh-huh. Other than like, they're just being teenagers about it. Yeah. Like he was insane. It's gross. It's creepy. Ugh. Yeah. And um, the other guy, Simon, is there too. <laughs> and <he> Jordan, <laughs> Jordan has her IMDb out and she's been flipping back and forth for the names. So Simon, I think he's such, he totally knows what he's doing with his character. He's, he's so great performance. Funny. Yeah, he is just the weird guy. I mean, I, I really only the sheriff was like the only like sore thumb performance for me. Yeah, I, and I think the Simon guy was just really locked in yeah. to what he was doing. So he's just, he's the, the weird, he's the ducky character. From Pretty in Pink. Um, so he they have this box of pills. So they Kate and him sell prescription pills yeah. to kids. Um for that's her side hustle so that she can get out of this crap town. Which is it it's very funny. Um I don't think I mean, you don't sometimes you don't need to read too much into movies, but the, but like it's just funny that like her drug selling and use is like the way that they're like it, like it, it kind of like saves, or it's like it their saves, solution. To yeah, the problem. it's sort of like, are you saying drugs are good? <laughs> are it's like, don't like, think about it, don't think about <laughs> it. So they're then going to the game, or, or there's like a there's a candlelight, there's a candlelight vigil, vigil for Maya Hawk and the other people, and died. they call her Maya Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, so it's the rival schools. You see, uh, D- Dina sees the the Sam who she just. Th- they she just broke up with with yeah. a dude like like back in another relationship and she they speak privately and she's trying to give her back her stuff and yeah. now they just get into this huge fight just she's about like the you're ashamed of who you are and so sam used to live in shady side or whatever the town's called and her parents got divorced and she decided to move to sunnyville yeah and so basically she became a fake person and it kind of sounds like that's why Dina broke broke up up with her. So they're arguing about that. Like she doesn't even know who she is, but you know, Dina's like, I I might never get out of this town and become just like my dad and drink myself to sleep every night, but at least I know who I am. And it's like, you got issues too, man. You need to work through them. Maybe by the end of the movie, you will. So um, they're fighting. And then during the vigil, the two 
schools start fighting. Yeah. Classic high school football. Yeah, classic bully stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, wrong word to use, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> and they're fighting, you know, and then and then they get in their, their school bus, and Katie's, like, getting everybody amped up. And she's mm-hmm. like, we're going to kill... Uh, you know the the devils and this that and the other thing and and then Peter I think is Sam's boyfriend's name I think so Peter and one of his cronies are driving in a convertible and they drive up to the bus and they start hucking stuff at the bus yeah um I didn't realize till just now that they wouldn't be able to huck stuff well you know what's just funny about that is I just was like this is a movie it's a movie yeah. and you just gotta let the movie happen because as soon I mean, the bus driver would even be able to know. How- and he'd pull over. and Yeah. And, and like they open that back door. That's a slam on the brake situation. Yeah. What is going on? So bus driver not on his A game that night. Yeah. But, but the- I just, I just realized, totally, I don't care. It's fine. But I just realized if they threw anything, it would just fly behind them because they're throwing it forward. Oh, you're talking about physics. Yeah. And they're going. Oh, that's a good point you know, that I didn't even think about. 55 miles an hour and they're just hucking stuff. I'm thinking stuff. about the job that the bus driver is performing and not doing a great job at. I well, mean, I, I know that. Yeah. I, I, I kept waiting for them to cut to like this old guy who's like, hey, what's going on back there? Apparently students drive the bus. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> um. So then. Then the um Dina throws out like a water cooler yeah, and, and it causes starts them bleeding. her nose starts bleeding. Why does her nose start bleeding? Hold on. So she throws a water cooler out the back of the bus and it causes them to crash into yeah. the woods. I don't know if her nose starts bleeding just because or if it's because they were near the place. Okay. Yeah, cuz I mean it's Sam's nose bleeds throughout the movie but it seems connected to the witch and stuff. Mm-hmm. But can't she I don't just know. get a bloody nose? Well, no, I'm just c- curious. I know, I don't. You know? know. Um, so then that car crashes. It almost kills the kids. And the bus driver, nary to be seen. Uh, <laughs> so th- everyone survives, it appears. Kate gets out of the car, and they're in, yeah, like you said, they're in the woods. It's very creepy. She gets all these images flashed in her brain of witchcraft stuff. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Sam. Of witchcraft stuff. And so we'll Spooky. find out later that that, that like marks her uh-huh. for the witch uh-huh. um, because she had blood on her and the blood touched the remains of this witch. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it was. Because oh, later okay. when they go back to the bones, she wipes her bloody nose and touches the bones. And gets vim- visions again? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And they're all attracted to the blood throughout the movie. That much I got. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, then the cop comes and they all... No matter whose side the bus people are on or the the car people are on, they're all like not selling each other out. They're gonna settle things, you know, by beating each other up. Yeah. So then Kate is is uh, she's babysitting and babysitting, and this is how she babysits. Yeah. (laughs) She gets the two kids that she's babysitting to sort the drugs into little baggies so that she can sell them. Which I thought was like a funny, this seems like I'm watching an old movie. It does. Yeah, They really went for it. And this is funny because the kids are just smiling and nodding, and then she's like, (laughs) oh yeah, and don't take any of them or else you'll die, and everyone will be really sad. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, uh, Simon still has the bloody shirt on from the night before yeah, or the night Sam, of. Sam like barf blood on him. Yeah. Cause that'll be important. Yeah. 
and then and it's um, just it's just funny because again to show how well that character was even written and how well it was performed he still has this bloody shirt on from a day ago and he's like i had to work a double shift and i didn't have time to change and i actually bought it i did i was too. like I yeah did too. okay yeah it was funny he seems like that kind of guy yeah. yeah um and then um dina mm-hmm. man bad choice of name um it's just hard to remember. Pretty 90s name to me. Is it? Okay. It just feels like it. And if your name's Dina, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Dina is seeing like a skull person outside of her house with a knife. Mm-hmm. And she's convinced that it's Sam's boyfriend mm-hmm. pranking them for... Hearing them. Yeah. So she's trying to go to the hospital where Sam is at to confront her about it. And I, you know, she's also concerned. Yeah. She's in the hospital. Um, well, the, the that person yeah. also, or that creepy yes. thing goes to Katie's house or where, where she's, she's babysitting, babysitting and it's like sniffing the shirt and like pulling it apart and then Did it show it's sniffing well it, it was like it was holding the shirt oh, and it okay. was like rustling with it yeah so um and then it was gone and then it was gone and so then, Simon puts the shirt back on <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah and then they all get together and they're like okay we got to go to the hospital we're telling Sam that she needs to tell Peter to stop pranking us they go to the hospital and And they take Sam's or they take Dina's brother. So he he has no friends. Conceivably yeah. no friends besides the internet, which it makes him a loser. Yeah. And he is so excited to go. Not only that, Kate's there. Yeah. Who is his crush. Uh-huh. So he's just like, play it cool. So they go to the hospital. And what happens at the hospital, Jordan? Well, Dina and Sam start fighting again, I guess, and then Peter shows up and they yeah. start, she starts fighting with him and Peter dies. He gets stabbed bad. And is it the skull or is it the, it's the ax guy? No, it's the skull. It is the skull it's a knife. Yeah. Okay. So a skull boy starts stabbing people and they're running away. They steal an ambulance. You, you commented on how you liked the, the sound of the blood in this movie. Did I? You did. Oh, yeah, because there was a scene where someone touched it's a like, piece of paper and it was like... <laughs> very loud. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the there are other... It's just like the mall. So, like, other people have been massacred already by the time you even find Sam, the the knife, yeah. per, the skull person. And, um, and his mask gets knocked off in the confusion, and it's the guy from the mall but at the beginning. he's dead. And he has, like, a bullet hole in his head. Yes. And, like, flies around Oh, him. that's cool. What the, what's going on? So they steal an ambulance and flee. Yeah. And they go to the police station. Yep. And what happens at the police station? Okay. Um, they're trying to tell them what happened. And of course, like a, any classic, you know, horror movie, they don't believe them. They're just a bunch of kids. They get uh-huh. prank calls all the time, which means the kids have to figure it out themselves. And then another thing is revealed that they never explain in this movie, not even at the very end. And I just feel like we missed something. But at the very beginning of the movie, there is a janitor working at the mall. And yeah. then later in the movie, he is in jail. Well, and it was not clear why he was in jail. It was very weird because there was a scene where the cop was talking to him. And he's like, I know it was you that tagged this stuff with the spray paint. And he's like, why would I tag my own stuff? And he's like, I don't know. But wasn't he spray painting the box as he was talking? Yeah. So he's like, I mean, they, they, they were, I did not understand that at all. I, th- I don't know if they were just trying to show that this cop was not a good cop. Like he was a bad cop, but that didn't pay off in it any didn't. regard. It didn't. And they also didn't explain something later that we'll get to. Oh, tell me now. Tell me now. Well, 
at, at, it says more towards the climax of the movie, the police officer, or, or yeah, he goes to Dina's house uh-huh. to try and contact her. I can't remember why he was provoked to do it for a reason. No one's, he doesn't even knock on the door, I think. He writes her a note and slips it through the mail, <laughs> mail slot, and it says, it's happening again. You did that. And so I just have no, to assume. You know what? I think he, I think he did not do that. It's, I think that was at. It was at Dina's house. 100%. Are you sure it wasn't Absol- at Gillian at Jacob's house? Oh, it looked like Dina's house, but I guess it was Gillian's. Cause I, I that don't, would make more sense. Yeah. Which maybe like in the next movie, maybe he's. Yeah. No, you know, he has to be in that. That character has to be in. The yeah. Next movie. I think, you know, it's, it's, it was Gillian Jacob's house. Okay. It just it, looks like sure. the front of Dina's house, I guess to me. No, yeah, it was it was that. Well, but yeah, they never explain the guy that's in jail and the police officer, like I guess, framing him. Yeah, or not? I don't really get what that was about. And it took me a while, and then I was like, oh, he was in Judas and the Black Messiah. Also Fargo, and Fargo. So many people were in Fargo. I, I feel know. like we've been pretty t- big cast that last season. Yeah, but uh, so while they're in the police station trying to get the police help, uh, Simon sees the woman on the street that we already talked about with the weird like pop p- song just another thing. very funny joke when he's talking to people about what happened he talks about he's like she was just she was so hot <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then she just started trying to to cut me with her old like barbershop razor thing and then yeah. later on in the movie when he sees her again she's just so hot but she's trying to kill me <laughs> <laughs> um but he escapes they get away then we have uh, probably my favorite part of the movie where Josh is like, okay, I think I know what's going yeah. on. And the camera like zooms in and he goes, there was a witch and she, and he has all of these newspaper <laughs> articles and stuff. Yeah. And this, this witch like was, um, back to the 1600s. Yeah. And, and she was, she would possess wrongfully people. Killed, wrongfully and they, killed. And they cut off her hand. And when her hand is cut off, she rules the land past death, you know, st- all this folklore stuff. Yeah. Um, which which so what I'm what I'm very interested in in the next two movies cuz the so the next movie's 1978 yep and then it's 1960 or 1666 yeah and I'm I'm curious where it's going to go because this movie ends kind of cliffhanger yeah but the next one's 1978 so is it like most of the movie's going to be in 1978 and then they pick up in the present I don't know or is is there like Time travel or something, maybe? I don't know. Is don't that think, too crazy? I don't, no. I mean, I don't know. what. I have no idea, but I don't think time travel is going to be part of it. Personally, I don't think so. Yeah. The, I, actually, the next movie is probably her, like, let me tell you what happened. And then maybe, like, by the end of that story, there's, like, 20 minutes or 15 minutes They're like, oh, we should up. do this because that happened they to you. We should do this, and then you get to 1666, and it does the same thing, and at the end of it, they solve it. That's, that makes, that's a good that's a good guess <laughs> yeah we'll see if we're right yeah um but yeah so you know josh is like saying the the legend and stuff like that great i i was a little bummed great you said <laughs> sorry as he was telling it he was talking about all of the the people that have been allegedly possessed by the witch who have um committed like these massacres throughout the history since yeah. basically since 1666 but a little bummed that we only got to see three of them reanimated i think if if it is what we just said the movie the next two movies could be we might be seeing more okay because so you all we get 
we get snapshots of the others, but all which we, were so insanely violent. I, I was missed like one shocked. of them, and you said that was good that I missed it. What happened? Well, uh, someone just stabbed this woman up through the jaw into like her brain as she was oh. laying down, and it was just like. Oh, oh, the oh. other one was more graphic to me. Oh, the like baby killing the guy or whatever. Like with a bat. Yeah. Yeah, that one was also. Um. So yeah. So there was like all, all we get. If you're is... squeamish, don't watch this movie, <laughs> please. There's an axe guy, a, like a lumberjack axe guy, the 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 ruby something, the this like this ninth the sixties housewife. Yeah. And then the kid from be the beginning of the movie. That's all the three like reanimated corpses that we get. Yeah. Yes. So I do hope that we get the others. Yeah, I bet it's what we just said will be how they present the next yeah. two movies, you know. Yeah. Um So they determine that they, they just need to they just determine that they need to go back and find to the spot where it first happened with Sam, where she started getting these visions. And rebury the bones. They don't even know that yet. Oh yeah. They but just that's... go, we just need to go back to the beginning. Yeah. So they go back to where that car crash happened. And this is also kind of a funny thing to me, uh-huh. but it's also like, it's a movie. It's fine. Whatever. The bones are like basically above the ground. <laughs> right. Right. Like, the, of course, this like, is so, like 400 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so like this, this witch was <laughs> yeah, chained yeah, yeah. to something and like killed or executed. And then apparently, you know, they just left her body there for the next 400 yeah. years. And I just like, the earth changed so much by then, right? <laughs> I know, I know. So that was a little funny to me, especially with like a highway being built, like not that far away. Well, maybe, maybe one could say, maybe one could say that the witch was trying to get out and her bones have been coming to the surface. I would be good with that. I would be good with that. that. Th- see, that's the beauty about like fantasy mm-hmm. and horror is sometimes you can just make that up and it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I it accept is, that. So often in Stephen King books, he has characters who say, I don't know why, but I just knew this. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And that, that always works in the book, but when you're watching his movie, sometimes it's like, you can't show that in a movie, unfortunately. I know. A character being like, it's not rational, but I need to make like, this idea. Like 300 pages understanding the character <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what yeah. the character has gone through. So it's like, they would know that. Yeah. Yeah. But what's cool about this, so, you know, they do the bones, it doesn't work. They mm-hmm. put them back. And they attack and they discover, like, oh, it's after Sam. It's trying to get her blood. Yeah. I mean, it's trying but to kill marked. her. But yeah. yeah. Um, and so what I really enjoyed about this is they come up with a plan. Yeah. And their plan succeeds. Yeah. And they do it really well, which is trapping the three people and burning them in the school. It just is not enough to kill them. Yeah. And that's all, that's all you know, because sometimes when you're horror movies are often, uh, 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 chastise is that the right word for like characters making stupid decisions and you watch it and you're like what like why would you do that thing yeah and i think sometimes people just don't realize how shock works when i know it's so funny when when people say like i would have never done that it's like maybe you would have i I might have yeah but i might have run up the stairs away from the person holding the knife when obviously that's not what you should ever do yeah, no, oh, oh, when when there's something in a house and people are like, hello, and, and people laugh at that, I don't couldn't tell you how many times in our home, since we've had it in February, like I hear, I've heard something and I just walk out, unarmed, with nothing, and it's just like, I'm just going to see if someone or something's mm. in here. It's called being human. Yeah, but having said that, it is nice when characters are smart in movies. Uh-huh, yeah. And um, 
and th- I think they're really smart in this, and they they do a good job. But the it doesn't like destroy the curse. It's supernatural. Yeah. So they they succeed in doing it just like you said, and the corpses start like the the, the like the flesh starts coming back together and reanimating again. Yeah. And uh, and so prior to that, there's this weird scene mm-hmm. where like each couple, like Josh and Kate. Like have a thing in the bathroom. I think they just kiss. Okay, because okay. I think they just kiss. I, it's but, still weird. It's still weird. And then Sam and um, Dina mm. have a thing, and then Simon has his own thing <laughs> by himself. Yeah. And um, I I don't know. It it just it's sometimes it's just weird when you're watching characters that are supposed to be high school do something sexual. And yeah. I'll just leave it at that. It's just like I'm very uncomfortable watching this scene. Yeah. Um and Same. and I think uh that's where like pull some M Night Shyamalan and just let us not see it and let and just let us go to the next you know, close the door or whatever, you know. I I don't know. Um I don't know. I just think that that's it, it it's just odd when you're watching characters that young like, doing those things. Yeah, I I think it's weird too. Um, so then they, is that, that's so when they so realize they, like Gillian, uh, Jacobs has gone through some stuff. Okay. So they're, they lock themselves in another room and the ax guy is coming after them through the door. They and they're, redo they're, the shots from the shining in a cool homage. Yes. And they're scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. Clearly that didn't work. And they're at wit's end and they determined that there was one survivor Yes. Well, actually, before they do that, they're like, we got to put her out there. She just needs to die. It's just simple as that. She has to die. And Sam is like, okay, I guess that's what it has to be. Like, I I will do it. Uh-huh. So she goes out in the hall, and Dina's freaking out because it just happened. And her brother deter- figures out, because he was looking at his notes, that there was one survivor from a massacre who claims to have seen the witch. Yeah. So they pull Sam back in at the last moment. And they determine that we need to find this person. So they try calling this person who doesn't answer. And then they find out that that person died. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. So did they find out that same scene, though, that the person died and came back to life? I think it was like a couple scenes later. Okay. So they find out that this person died but was resuscitated. Yeah. So they, in order for this curse to be over, Sam has to die. So it's in death that the curse is broken. And if they could resuscitate her, she's back. I'm cool with that. Great. I think that's cool. That's a fun thing. Yeah. Then we have the grocery showdown. Yeah. And um, this is a I'm fun... I'm employee of the month like all year. Good for him. <laughs> I know. I know. I loved that uh, <laughs> cutaway. Um, one, one thing I will say... I think this movie shot really well. I think it is too. I think it's a really great looking movie. The yeah. sets are fun. And if there is a lot of CGI, I only noticed like a couple of instances of it. So it was it was fun to see a movie with like a horror movie with little CGI in it. Yeah. Very little. Yeah. Um so that was like that's just another thing where it's like, nice job, Lee. Like you you have a grasp on this genre for sure. Yeah. Um and uh, and the cinematography, great. Yeah. So there's this big showdown, and this is when Kate lays out like how to overdose 
And Simon does because his brother is overdosed but come back to life. Yeah, so they're going to try and replicate that. Yeah. Story-wise, I think it makes a lot of sense. Messaging-wise, maybe not so great. Yeah. We already discussed that earlier. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Sam and Dina are working on killing Sam. <laughs> yeah. Fun. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, like all these story developments are like, oh, this is fun. And everyone else has got some Sam's, some of Sam's blood on them as bait. As so they're, they're luring them in. Luring in the three musketeers. The yeah. Three musketeers, yeah. And um, as they're doing so, uh, it, like you said, it felt strange that Simon and Kate are brutally murdered in this scene. Yeah, because, so, so you know, there a lot of, there's a, you know, a relatively a lot of uh, a high body count by this point in the movie yeah. of, of people that we don't know, like just extras um, who basically got in the way. Uh-huh. So um, I was so curious. There were a couple times leading up to this scene where I'm like, oh, this person totally is dying in the scene. And they didn't. And it's like, I think this crew might make it out alive. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so cool. we're at, the, we're at the, <laughs> the big showdown scene and Josh, Simon, and Kate are fighting off these things for a while. Yeah. While Dina and Sam are trying to kill Sam. And trying by, to drown her at this point because so they it, misplaced the pills. Yeah. So they Dina's now drowning her. Um, and then Kate starts fighting with the the skull mask dude. Yeah. And he pushes her head through a bread slicer, which is as gory as it sounds. It it was I, I my jaw dropped and I was dumbfounded that that happened i was pretty shocked that it happened and then seconds later the axe guy puts the axe in simon's head yeah that's as gory as it sounds yeah um i i just am surprised because they waited for this long and like and the characters didn't really have a moment i think they didn't really have a moment that's what was more weird was there wasn't like so i guess on the one hand it's shocking so it gets that goal yeah and it's like and it's maybe like uh, not what you expect. So that's a that is something you can do is yeah. do something unexpected and shocking. Okay. Yeah. But it did feel strange that the characters didn't even get like a last line or like slow motion death. They didn't or like did they did the character develop or learn something? Or, or I don't know. Like they attempted to do something to that prevented the monster from going further. No. They it just seemed Random. very unlucky. Yeah. Which it is weird to spend that much time with these characters for that to happen. Yeah. It's just unusual based on what I am conditioned yeah. <laughs> as, as a movie watcher. I mean, to I, expect. I would, I didn't like that development. Yeah. Personally. But, but one thing that is very funny as I was, uh, I guess the director was very adamant about this bread slicer sequence. Okay. And the crew was like, no, that's just like too out there and too ridiculous. And then they bought a watermelon and they put it through a br- bread slicer and it just totally annihilated the watermelon. Oh, and so then I guess the cheer, cr- the crew cheered because they oh, were like, weird. we're doing this. Yeah. And it was like on a gross level, it was like they did it well. Yeah. But it, it was just, it was just odd. I, I didn't like those two deaths uh, as far as a story yeah, is I concerned. Guess, I guess they felt unearned. And yeah, but it's at the same time, it's like the the movie isn't trying to be this huge, big, epic thing at the same time. Like it's, it's pretty simple. So it's like, maybe I'm just putting too much on it. 
Uh, yeah, I I mean I think I think because we liked the movie we're trying to provide excuses, but it's okay for us to just think that that was not a good story choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So Sam dies. Sam dies. Uh Dina brings her back. Yeah. So that they succeed and Josh survives. So all of the the corpses are gone. Sam is okay. Um life goes back to normal. Sam and Dina are back together. Um they are listening to music in Dina's room. Is there something before that? No. Oh, they're at, they're at the police station again. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really remember what happens other than... Well, Josh, like, helps break out the the grocery passes, guy again? Well, no, he, was, the mall he worked guy. at the mall. But he passes him a paperclip, and this guy gives him a card, and he's like, I owe you a favor. And then you were like, what? And I'm like, trust oh. me, they're totally going to flash his card. And they never do. So he must be in the next one. And they're like, hey, I need your help. I think so, too. But I was hoping by like it was like the last one of the last things of the movie is he has. Wait a second. What is this thing? Like, Go, he's, he's a ghostbuster. Well, exactly. Like yeah. he, he specializes in paranormal activity. Yeah. That's yeah. his his job of choice. He's like um what what uh, Lee Winnell and yes. uh, Angus Sampson yeah. and uh, Simpson Sampson. I can't remember. In the, it, the Insidious movies. Yeah, so I'm. I'm I guess assuming that he is something like that. I kind of wish they showed us that. Yeah. But I guess if these movies are coming out one week apart, they don't have to leave me that hanging <laughs> that much. So yeah, Dina and Sam are listening to music in her room, but then she goes out to see Josh. He had bought pizza. Um, Which that was so funny how they played that. Like, look at how much Josh developed. He ordered pizza. Cause earlier in the movie, we mentioned how he how, doesn't do anything. How do he anything. wants pizza. Like, it, well, he, he's just the, the typical younger brother that doesn't do anything. It, it was just a very like, huh? <laughs> that's a development? Like, that, that's cute, I guess. <laughs> um, so cute moment between siblings. Josh goes back down to his computer. Um, and then Sam stabs Dina, which is pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, so you can see Sam is dead. <laughs> yeah. She is not alive. There are like flies and she looks all pasty white. Um, and they start fighting in the kitchen. When Josh is downstairs listening to really loud music, I think that's a sound garden drop. Um, and he is IMing with someone about, I do, I do like, I, I think they could have done it a little bit more, uh, but I don't really know how, but throughout the whole movie, it's like the shady side people that's lower income people. Yeah. Uh, uh, live in this town. And then Sunnyside is the upper class yeah. town. And often whenever there's a tragedy in shady side, it's always like, it's because of X, Y, and Z. It's not a tragedy. Yeah. So with, um, the, the recent massacres that happened, they were pinned on Kate and Simon cause they're druggies apparently. Right. So, um, which, which that's a tragedy in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So he's, I am being someone about it. Try be like, no, no, they were cool. They were brave. They were my friends. This is the real story. And then Dina comes in and she's all bloody. Yeah. And then she had tied up Sam in like the phone cord. Yeah. And then they go to Gillian Jacobs house. And who was the person that died? but came back. And, yeah, in 1978. Cool. Yeah. Um I hope. So here's what I would hope in the next couple movies. I hope we find out who he's IMing. I think that would be cool. Yes. I guess that's really. And what's on that card? 
I just want to know who he is. I am because it felt important. It felt like it was more than just a rando. That well, for he was. someone to have no friends, and he clearly has a person that he talks to a lot. Yeah, I want to know who it is. Yeah. So, I guess yeah, I'm that's sure it. he wants to know who it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It does. So I'm I'm sure it's what we're thinking. She's gonna tell the story in the next movie. There'll be a little bit more development, and then maybe they find a book or something on the curse. And then they like read the book, and that's the third movie. And then the last act of the third movie is them defeating the curse. Yeah, you're that makes the most sense. We're right, probably, maybe. We're definitely right, one hundred percent. Um, so that's the movie. Uh huh. I thought it was pretty fun. I liked it. I thought it was fun too. It was just m- more than I was expecting in pretty much every aspect. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I know, I know a lot of our listeners, and I we know a lot of them, and. I don't. I wouldn't recommend this to all of our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Just, just as I wouldn't with a lot of movies that we've covered. But so use your own discretion, I suppose. But yeah, I think it was a. It's a fun summer slasher movie. It, it well, it's funny because it was it was more than I was expecting. But as far as like the story and the idea, it was like exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. Yep. So, um, yeah. So next week we're gonna go to 1978. Um. And I wish I knew something important that happened that year so I could make some joke. Like, we're going to hit Woodstock or something like that, but I think that was 76. No, we're going to summer camp. We're going to summer camp. But it's camp. not going to be a wet, hot American summer. Ah, there we go. <laughs> um, a Patreon, we're covering Kill Bill this month. Uh, I think it's... No, we're, we're on Kill Bill Volume 2 this month. That's Whoa. coming out uh, next week. And then... Uh, let's see. I, I think as far as the podcast is concerned... I think that's all I got to say. Great. We did Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings a couple of weeks ago, so check that out. And uh, we still have yet to record Godfather 3, but our first two Godfather episodes are some of our best episodes, Don't I must say. Oh, yeah. I'd hate about for how them the sausage to know. gets made. <laughs> uh, well, how the sausage gets made, some joke to do with the bread slicer. Goodbye. <laughs>